because after every race, uh, you know, you question, could I have suffered more? Could I could I have held through the pain, right? And uh, this race, I really focused on thinking about that a lot, what that feels like and what it's going to feel like um, so that when it was there, I could kind of talk myself out of wanting to quit that, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, really, I don't know what it was, you embrace the suffering, you're not going to give into it, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna push through it. And I felt like I was actually successful at it this time. I tried to stick to the plan of like, just staying consistent until about mile 40. And then just give whatever extra I had that last 16 miles. And that seemed to work out pretty well. It did seem slower coming back for sure. Um, as soon as you did that turnaround, it seemed like the effort to stay at the same watts seemed greater. So I just kind of like settled in and backed off a little bit and then waited until that 40 mile mark. And then I was like, okay, now we're going. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess, and I'm not really your host today. Today, I'll be handing over the reins to my co-host, coach, and soulmate, BJ, so that he can facilitate the smackdown of Ironman 70.3 Oregon, which just happened about 48 hours ago. We love to capture these conversations when we still have fatigue in the brain, soreness in the body, and relative remembrances of the feels of race day. I'm super pumped to be joined by my teammates and fellow competitors, Chris and Daniel. Chris, or CJ as he's also known as, is the creator of Endurus, which helps organizations who are protecting the planet by donating all proceeds from products, donations, and earnings collected from CJ Media. He has a huge YouTube following and just completed documenting his six 16-week build-up to Oregon. Super inspiring. Love this guy like a brother. In fact, I'm pretty sure we were brother and sister in another lifetime, and I'm psyched to be sharing the mic with him today. Also super pumped to have on the show, or back on the show, I should say, is Daniel, also known as Coach D, D-Money, or the Vegan Burrito. He is one of our triathlon coaches here at Yogi Triathlete and founder of Vegan Powered Athlete, a powerful movement which expressed itself through Daniel after the sudden loss of his mom to chronic lifestyle disease. VPA's mission is to influence, educate, and provide resources for an athletic vegan lifestyle so nobody has to face the pain of losing a loved one to a disease that is highly preventable with proper diet and lifestyle changes. So needless to say, these two athletes are not just crushing workouts and races, but I'm honored to say that they are both furthering Yogi Triathlete's mission to create a better world. So Daniel and Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> all right, Beach. it's all you, my love. Oh, wonderful. I love Let's this do part. it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, first of all, if I would just want to say... Um, Congratulations to all of you. I know we are all working through, as we all are as athletes, you know, overachievers and, and determined um, humans to reach our goals, that we had obstacles along the way. And I know firsthand, all of you have dealt with some sort of um, challenge or opportunity, we call it. And uh, just to show up on the start line healthy, happy, uh, ready to go, fit and strong, mindset uh, is clear. Uh, it takes a lot. And uh, all three of you did that. So I uh, just want to say congratulations on that. I mean, completing any race that you line up at is pretty stellar. Um, and to finish it strong like all three of you did uh, just makes it that much more worthwhile. So excellent work. Uh, and as your coaches, as your coach, all three of you, I am extremely proud. Uh, really lights me up. And being out there spectating 
man, uh, it just fills me up like to run around and chase you guys as, as, as limited as it was on that course. Um, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um, and so to dive in, um, first of all, let's, let's start with just the, the morning, um, getting there in the morning and, and getting ready for uh, what was, uh, there was a lot of chatter about the swim. You know, I think it, there's a lot of factors that go into it, water temperature. And in this particular um, instance, it was the current uh, and the buoys and the sun in your eyes and um, the, the uh, little trail that you had to run up. So um, what was your experience like for that, uh, for that river swim? And specifically, uh, I want to start with, uh, Daniel, um, and then Chris, and then, and then just last, she had no, um, no previous experience in the water. You both raced it last year. So, uh, Daniel, uh, how was that experience and did it, uh, did it throw you for a loop? Uh, there's one time I kind of was like, Oh shoot, I should have brought my thermal. Because a friend of mine swam it the day before and we were on a separate text chain and it said something he said something about the water temperature and booties and cap or whatever and he's like, Oh, I definitely wear booty and cap. And I was like, Oh shoot. Cause I'm always cold. I'm on cold in the pool. So then I was like, I didn't bring the thermal because I didn't want the decision fatigue. So I was like I'm just bringing one wetsuit. It's going to be what it is. Um, I figured it's going to be a short swim, so I could just tough it out, right? <laughs> but that one moment, I was like, what am I going to do? It's going to be so cold. No. So, yeah, that was the only, like, moment where I, like, got wrapped up in a little bit of the chatter about water temperature or the current or whatever. Um, I knew the water was higher than last year. It was flowing a little faster than last year. Um, so we had that experience. I gave horrible advice to everybody in line to take <laughs> a certain line based on the current last year. So, <laughs> But it did sweep us out pretty fast, I think. So, hey, maybe it worked out, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, and just, you know, it's a mile and – what 1.3 mile walk, which is a great warm up. I mean, there's no negativity in my mind about the, the walk out there. Um, and then, um, yeah, just being in the environment with fellow yogi triathletes was great because kind of like they buffered that chatter around us a little bit more, I think. Um, so, I mean, I think I was calmer going into that swim than probably any other race so yeah it was a great swim why do you think that was quickly like why do you think you were more calm partially just staying out of that chatter and being in the environment you want to be in and then also just obviously continuing to work the mindset day in day out with meditation and just being calm i slept probably better than I've ever slept for a race the night before for some reason. Uh, went to bed really early. Um, <clears throat> didn't talk. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think both of you guys were a little shocked when I'm like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> like, what? Oh, I just, I had like literally just woken up from a nap and you're like, good night. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the morning was great, you know, having, 
BJ there to like drive us down there. It was just like there was no stress about the morning at all. Just getting there, just taking our time, getting in transition, setting things up. You know, I got over, <clears throat> got things set up, didn't hang out in transition to listen to all the chatter, just walked over to the swim start where they had the signs, got my wetsuit on over there. Um, you know, I kept my hoodie on just to kind of like fil filter some of the noise and yeah. And then Chris, Jamie, Jess, we all walked down together. So it was great. So great morning. Chris, hearing Daniel talk about having past experience and, and um, being in the river last year, and now you're here this year, again, same river, but different qualities to the river. And you, as far as I know, didn't jump in um, either into the river this year. So what was your experience like uh, leading in and how did it all, how did it all go down? Yeah, I think um, I was a little anxious for this race, actually. I think I had put expectations on myself. And so I was a little nervous in the morning getting there. And, um, uh, you know, when we all got in line together, it really helped. You know, I was, I was anxious because last year I stood in line for over an hour before I got in the water. So I really didn't want to be standing in line. Like Daniel said, the, the walk, I like the walk. Um, I think it's great for kind of calming the nerves and, um, you know, you, you, you get a little warmed up and I was hot by the time I got to the water. Um, but I, and, and the water temperature was great for me. Um, but yeah, when I got to you guys, it, I think that just helped, right? Being near your energy, the calm energy. Um, I was trying to, uh, not, uh, overthink it and just, you know, um, but I, I wanted to get down to the water early because I, I didn't want to stand in that big line. That was one of my big goals. And I think, uh, I think when we all got together and we started heading down, I mean, we, we, were, we headed down as early as we possibly could, right? We were right at the, near the front. And um, yeah, the walk was great. Um, the only, I, I would say the, the thing that was interesting to me is going down that ramp. It's a really steep ramp and it felt really rushed. Like they, they, like they were trying to get us down that ramp as fast as possible. And I've never been rushed into a swim. And really not knowing where I'm getting in the water. That was totally different than last year. Last year, you kind of went down and there was a beach almost that you could stand on. And then you lined up th like three by next to you. And they did the every five second thing like they um, most of the races. This, you got to the end of this little tiny floating dock and it was like jump. Right? There was no real pause, wait. It was just like go, 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 right? And you and you, I had no idea how deep it was because last year was so shallow. Um, See, last you know, year when I when I got in, they were same thing. Was just go, 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 go. As we got down to that beach, and they were like, just go, just go, just go, just go. So similar to this year. So for me, it was like it was the same, but we jumped off of a little little deck this time versus like walking onto the beach and then going. Sorry. Yeah, you had no idea how deep it was. No, no, no. You had no yeah. idea how deep it was going to be. I was, uh, when I hopped off, it was, you know, I would have expected to possibly touch the ground, but it was pretty deep and really fast. And just like you, Daniel, I had told everybody, shoot for the left buoy. Yeah. And as soon as you hit that water and I was aiming towards it, you got sucked to the opposite side of where you were supposed to be. Yeah. And it looked like everybody went off course immediately. And I spent most of the swim trying to stay on the right side of the buoy. I think I put a lot of energy in that, um, trying to, to be where I was supposed to. But the water temperature was great for me. You know, it was plenty deep. And overall, I think the swim went really well. 
Let's jump to Jess. Jess, uh, first experience at Oregon and first uh, first triathlon in, no, not first triathlon, first half Ironman in five years. Uh, what was your take on the, on the river swim? And um, based on you didn't get in and you didn't do it last year. Um, so it just felt really good to be there. It felt like my return to this distance of racing felt right on time. I just felt like I slid into this moment of my life that was like, oh my God, yeah, she nailed that. That was perfect timing. Like it just felt so good to be back. And I love, like for me, there's just nothing like having uh, your teammates out there and being with them and seeing them and doing the pre race workouts with them and, you know, connecting. And I love that. And so I was already in this, uh, energy of just joy. And I always like to discern that joy, not as an emotional state, but joy, joy as a state of being like joy is just like total contentment. I was exactly where I wanted to be at that moment in my life. And, um, so I guess it was maybe about, I don't know, almost two weeks ago now, uh, that last kind of hard swim on that Thursday swim that you had us do, I can't remember what the sets were. They were 300s or something like that. I can't remember what the sets were, but I was really in the set. And I just, all of a sudden, I think I told you this, I got like transported and I was like in the river and I've never seen this river before. And I was in the river and I could like smell the water and I could, um, I could see the trees and the bank of the river. And I thought, oh, well, this is going to be cool. Like on July 10th, I'll get to see what, what the actual vision is like and, and see. And so it was, it was it. Like, as soon as I saw that river, I was like, that was the river that I experienced that day when we were in the pool. So that was kind of cool. Um, not uncommon to have, to experience things like that in my life. Like it was, it was there and like, it was like, I could taste the water and I got several mouthfuls of water and the taste was <laughs> spot on as well. Um, so the walk down was, like, of course, my yogi self, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. It's like a pilgrimage. And, and I'm pretty like high energy in the morning. Like I, I'm pretty excited. Like I definitely am in that happy state of being. Um, I had already done the pre-race pranayama exercises. So I felt like my lungs were just open and, and I felt very relaxed and I was just super happy. Um, and, you know, being with these guys who I love uh, by my side, like that just made it all that much better. And like Clark, I like to be up front. I like to be in the front of the pack. So um, being at the front uh, felt really good and natural for me. And so I was like, oh my God, it's going to be like a 1.2 mile walking meditation. It's going to be quiet. Like I'm going to feel my feet. And then like we go over the bridge and everything's good and we're having a good, and then it starts getting like a little aggro. Like now it's like the, I feel the pace is getting picked up and then, and then it, like, right, you guys? We just and kept then, walking faster and faster. Yeah. I was like, what is, what is Well, people deal? were going up the sides, right? So everybody wants to cut up yeah. the sides and then the pressure mm -hmm. is on to like start the race right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like the race started and we're not like, I'm still in socks and my hokas. And, um, I was like, what is up? By the time we got to the, um, the morning clothes bags, like we were clipping, we were at a pretty good, pretty good clip at that point. So there was that part of me that was just like, oh my God, everybody in your lack mindset about like, not going to be at the front or too many people are going to pass. Like, so that was kind of like a little bit of mental work too. It's like, hey, just be, you're in this environment. You put yourself in this environment. Like you love to be competitive. You you want to also go fast. So 
don't resist yeah. this, you know, this I, pilgrimage that turned into. I think know, when we race. started, we were like 15 people deep. And then by the time we got yeah. there, we were like 150 <laughs> deep. We are like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, Chris had some really great advice, um, for me, like, okay, we're going to get to the morning clothes bag and like where, before we get there, like get your long sleeve off, get like, let's slip the shoes off the set, like be ready to go basically like take your gel. Don't be dilly dallying at the drop off because again, all those people are going to go past you and you could have a hundred people pass you in, in a minute. So, um, so that was great advice and got myself all ready. I took my gel, had some water, dropped my bag. And then uh, we headed up to the start, and it was pretty. It was pretty efficient. Uh, as soon as like we reached the start, they started putting people in the water. Maybe like five or so minutes after, I felt. I felt really. I don't know. I just felt calm. I felt good. I felt excited. Um, haven't done a swim like that. And my goal for the swim was like, I didn't want to just have a fast swim because the river was fast. Like I wanted to have a fast swim because I've done the work and I was swim fit. And so I wanted to put down the effort and see what I could do. Um, the not so great advice that I got from Daniel, uh, put me basically on the way left side of the river. And I noticed that a boat was really close and they were like yelling at everyone. I'm like, I am so far away from the buoys, but it seemed a lot more dramatic than it was. Like when I look at my, my file, like it, it wasn't that bad. It's not like the river was miles across. And so then I got myself back on the buoy line and you can't, the sun is 100% in your, in your line of sight. So as I typically do, is just kind of look for the 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 biggest splash, right? Like, okay, there's the majority of the people, and then then all of a sudden you would see kind of the outline of the buoy. Um, but I felt good, and I felt uh, I definitely was putting out more effort, I think, than I have in a, in a half Ironman swim before, because I think maybe those years ago, like there was still that like this underlying fear that I was going to panic and I didn't feel that at all. I feel, I felt just so confident that I'm, I was on the other side of that in my life. And, um, but man, I loved to feel the power of that river. It was way more powerful than me and it could have swallowed me at any, um, at any moment. And there's something about that, that I love because you get to practice that surrender to something that is, is greater than you. Um, and I tried to get on feet, uh, but that was almost impossible because if somebody was passing me, they were just going so fast. Uh, but I think it went really smooth and I wouldn't say like, I was like, Oh, is, this is so fun. Cause you're in there and you're doing work. But in hindsight, looking back, like it was a really smooth swim um, you know, the way they do swim starts now, there's just no contact. There's no fighting like there used to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I feel like I took that last turn really well. And I think I was right behind Chris. Um, I could kind of like see him. I don't know. I could see like your wetsuit and the people on the dock with the red flags was, that was like miraculous. And so a uh, nice straight shot in and yeah, had a huge swim PR. It was so fun to look at your file and be like, my fastest pace was like, what was it? Like at one point I was going like 34, 30, 34 seconds per 100. <laughs> yeah, <yards>. it's crazy. <laughs> what? That's, not even, that's like faster than the Olympics. <laughs> so that was super fun. Loved it. And I just really loved, I love those humbling moments of feeling the power of nature and then just surrendering to that and becoming, becoming the flow. Yeah, it was cool. 
was spectating <clears throat> seeing you guys, you guys all came out together, which was super like you guys are so bunched and the way that you exit the swim was really cool too where i was stationed i could see you run it was kind of like a snake uh road or path um so i could see you guys come out of the water then turn around and see you guys up running running uh towards transition and then i could run and bump over to transition and see you guys run through so it's very like spectator friendly that that area um i didn't go down to the swim start i just wanted to wait you guys were gonna by the time i get down there you would have already been back at the finish <laughs> with how fast it was um but you guys all had amazing swims daniel i think did both daniel and chris did sub 20 and just did 21 and change so very very close together um and kind of five minute pr from last year's so yeah, I yeah. I did a twenty-three or twenty-four last year, and I was yeah. nineteen fifty this year. It yeah. was insane. Big PRs. Um, I love it. All right, so I was going to move to the bike, but I, I don't know. The bike just—I uh, I think. Well, I couldn't see any of the bike. I saw you guys leave and come back. It wasn't spectator friendly at all. Um, did you guys have anything you want to say about that? Or um, I really want to talk about uh, more specifically the run because, uh, in my opinion. Your bike for for show and you run for dough, um, and and your bikes were all solid in my opinion, strong, um, which allows you to to set you up for a really really good run. But do you guys have anything you want to add to the bike part at all? I mean, for me, I think the bike went really well. I I knew the bike, you know, I was prepared for it. Um, it's advertised as flat, but I say it's definitely more rolling in my opinion. Um, I was definitely faster out than I was back. Um, and I haven't quite decided if that was because I was uh, tired on the way back or if it was harder on the way back, you know, wind or whatever. But uh, I haven't really looked at the files or anything to look at the profile. But I definitely was uh, a little slower on the way back. Um, I mean, if someone's listening to this for Oregon advice in the future, what I would say is there are some big bumps on the course when it comes to uh, railroad tracks. So I saw numerous bike bottles all over the place, right? If you're using rear hydration, your bottles are going to fly out if they're not buckled down. I saw actual the entire hydration brackets and everything busted off of the back of bikes. Like that much force had busted them off. Um, so definitely uh, tie your... Seat. There was a seat out there too. So yeah, seat post, somehow a seat, seat post popped and out. And their whole rear hydration. So I don't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah. So I would say if you're, if you're using rear hydration, buckle them down really tight. Because uh, yeah, it was they were everywhere. Yeah, that was the most debris I've ever seen on a course. Um, I saw that seat too, and I was like, oh, I'm not even going to try and think about what happened there, or where the person is, or like where the rest of the bike is. Like, or, are they still riding? <laughs> yeah, and why didn't they stop to pick their seat up? Because they definitely didn't have a spare. But I saw this guy goes by, and he had like the whole rear bracket like sticking out of his bike jersey and he had bottles and he I mean he had just lost everything all the hardware fell off his bike um yeah it was just it was a, it, there was one railroad track like on the on the way back that was just an absolute obstacle course it was like a, a landmine of of debris um but i would just say to people like you know just just chill a little bit in in like the mental space um people making passes where they just it just was so <laughs> ridiculous to make a pass, um, you know, just trying to get that extra two seconds where if you know this course, there's miles and miles and miles of straightaway. So you really don't need to be like um, being, 
crazy trying to pass people on, you know, their right side on a corner. It's like, just chill, um, ma'am or mister, whoever you are, like just chill and just be in control of your impulses. Um, because you risk, you're risking, it's kind of like a, a silly risk, especially when you have so many miles ahead of you, which is just so easy to pass. And, um, I think I had about six, just under 1700 feet of climbing on that course. And, um, you know, like when you, you guys know that one hill, that's a little bit punchy, it's got a nice little pitch to it. Um, you know, again, like train the mind, like control the mind because the complaints were just ridiculous. Like people just complaining about this hill. And it's like, you can complain or you can take that energy and you can use it to get up the hill faster. I mean, it's really your choice. Um, so yeah. Uh, but on the same token, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful course. Loved it. I too was a little bit slower on the way back just by a couple minutes. Um, but I don't say, think it was a technical course at all. Just be awake and ready for, for what's ahead. Yeah. You definitely want to temper your effort on this course because most of the hills are up front and then you got some flats with some winds but then the headwinds are worse coming back so um, I tried to stick to the plan of like just staying consistent until about mile 40 and then just give whatever extra I had that last 16 miles and that seemed to work out pretty well it did seem slower coming back for sure um, as soon as you did that turnaround it seemed like I was um, the effort to stay at the same watts seemed greater. Um, so I just kind of like settled in and backed off a little bit and then waited until that 40 mile mark. And then I was like, okay, now we're going. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting because the three of us, Jamie, you and I all got on the bike pretty similar time. Um, Jamie had a, a better bike. Uh, I haven't looked at what his time was, but it was better. He came in. Um, he definitely moved forward on the bike on, on me. And um, but you and I, I mean, I think we were. I could never see you other than at the turnaround. But when I got back to transition, you were right there, and you actually yeah. passed me in transition. I so. didn't see you as soon as we left. Like the first mile, you're like out of my sight. I was like, <laughs> I was. I took my first couple miles, and I was just refueling and getting, you know. And I knew those first couple miles, the roads are a little rough getting out of town. So I'm like, I'm just gonna take this opportunity now to just like get my heart rate down because that was the fastest sprint out of swim to transition I've ever done. I fumbled around in transition, lost, you know, maybe a half a thirty <laughs> seconds to a minute. But then, yeah. So I wanted to just like make sure I was fueled for the bike. And then get on the bike. And when I looked up and like, you were gone. I'm like, you're out of sight already. <laughs> and then it's about the last like two miles. I was like, oh, I kind of got a glimpse of like the color of your kit. I'm like, oh, is he right there? I'm like, yeah, that looks like Chris. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> I didn't really, I thought you were like freaking like 10 miles up the road. <laughs> you guys weren't that far apart because I, saw Chris and then I saw you Daniel yeah. afterwards. Um, it wasn't, I can't remember how many minutes, but not that far. Cause I missed him at the turnaround. So I was like, I saw, I saw Jamie, but then I didn't see Chris. So I was like, where's Chris? Maybe Chris passed Jamie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying, but I never did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys were close all day. It's track. The tracking was awesome. Like to see you guys grouped together, it's, even the start, I swear you guys were all like, swimming together like in a pod 
that's what it looked like on the tracker. And then in sight in the on the bike, it, yeah, you three, Jamie, uh, Chris, and Daniel were all yeah. were all together. I had, like, I had no guys, clue on the swim that everybody was like right there, like together, <laughs> and no clue. Like you couldn't like see anything. So yeah. Well, when we first jumped off the dock uh, to kind of speak to that, um, they, uh, I was just like, okay, somebody jumped off and. I trust that, you know, it's deep enough. So I just jumped, but I jumped like with some gusto and I was pretty far down, like deep. And I'm trying to like swim up and I'm like, Chris is going to jump on my head. I know he's going to jump on my head. Like I'm going to be a land ornament underneath the the river. But uh, yeah, just like get back up and get swimming. But we were, I think Daniel, you and I went down the stairs together. You jumped in, I jumped in. I think Chris, you were right behind me. And uh, yeah, it was a... Uh, we were we were definitely bunched together on the swim, but it was fun. It was like family. Good. That's that's the point. Yeah. Fun. Um, all right. So you guys are off the bike. All you guys are safely off the bike. Thank you know. I always love it when when I see everyone come in off it in one piece and safe and and charging hard and sometimes going to the bathroom as you're running to your uh, <laughs> running to your gear. Hopefully. Um, so yeah. So now you're transitioning and uh, out on the run. So you guys all fired down that path where I saw you. It must have been right after you go under the uh, the the run out banner, you guys were trucking. And I know it's like a slight little hill and then it like, you can bomb down and then to the bridge. So uh, Chris, start with you. Like how, uh, how'd you take it out of um, T2 and, and how did your run progress? Yeah, no, I felt uh, on the way back from the ride, I, in my mind, I started worrying, okay, did I overbike this a little bit? Um, because I was feeling... It, like it was hard coming back. Um, but I got out of the run and transition went pretty smooth. Um, got right out, uh, still slower than Daniel. He got out in front of me, even though I came in on the bike early, he was out. So, um, as I came out of transition, when you were standing there, uh, you said you're in 20th and that just like lit a fire. And it was just like, okay, how many people can I wheel in? And um, yeah, for the first nine miles, I felt no pain. I mean, I was just running. I felt so good. Um, I was smiling. Like, I, you know, it was like I was laughing to myself. Like, I was just so happy running because uh, I've never connected a good run in an Ironman, half Ironman. Never really felt like I could do it, right? We do we do all this training. I run these seven-minute miles, and then I get to a race, and I run 830s every time, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just destroyed every time. And this time, they were just ticking off so easy, one after another after another. And I was wheeling people in, and it just kept building and building and building. Uh, so... Yeah, that felt it felt really good to be catching people and and moving past people, um, and then the second lap got harder. Right, there's more people on the course, and you're kind of weaving in and out of people that are moving slower than you, and they're side by side. And um, but overall, I mean, the course is beautiful. The path was beautiful. You know, all of that was great. Um, around mile. 10, I, I started to feel my body. I started to feel it. I was hurting. And what were you feeling? Like what? Um, well, it started with, I, I have this nagging kind of tendon issue in my right foot kind of near the ankle bone that, 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 that starts to hurt. And that started hurting. Um, so I was really focused on calming my shoulders, calming my breathing, and just 
trying not to pay attention to it, right? Just keep focusing on what I'm doing. Uh, I've come this far. You know, I, I think I've always given in to the suffering. There's always something that hurts too much, and I give in to it. And, um, yeah, I just decided that that wasn't going to happen. You know, it was, it was, it was, I wasn't going to stop running. Um, you know, I did slow down the last couple of miles. Uh, my pace dropped a little bit. But uh, I did everything I could to just keep pushing through and focused on staying calm, focused on breathing, counting my breaths, breathing in, trying to slow down my, my breathing. Um, there was one point where a pro woman went by me and I could hear her, just how hard her feet were hitting the ground, how loud she was breathing. And, um, and it just kind of brought it back to me to really focus on calming down, moving smoothly, you know, slowing my breath down. And, uh, yeah, overall I just, it just helped me get through those last really painful miles that typically I would have given in to that pain. So really you just, you, so nothing, I shouldn't say nothing is different, but a big shift has been the shift from the sensation you're feeling and not indulging it, but shift, trying to shift focus elsewhere, even though you're still feeling that, that sensation in the foot ankle area. You're st it's still there. It's not gone, but you're just using your tools to, to sort of redirect the mind into something else while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, you know, a lot of the tools that I've worked with you and, and Jess on, right. Just redirecting the thought cycles and, and focusing on, um, trying to be calm, focusing on my breathing. Um, you know, I think I, I went into the race feeling really good and feeling confident, but still in my mind, you know, this history of never been able to being able to run, and so um, this was kind of you know it affirmed that you know I, I can do what we do in training, right? And uh, you know I think I realized it by the time I got to that six miles, and it's like I'm still doing this. Um, yeah, it, it was a major boost, I would say, for me as far as in my confidence in running. That's wonderful. That's, that's everything you know, that's, but you had to put yourself in that opportunity again, even though your mind believes you have terrible runs, you still had to go to the next race next to go prove again, give yourself a chance, give yourself an opportunity to change that story. And you did. So this is such a great lesson for athletes out there. You know, you work hard, you work hard. Yeah. But you're not owed the outcome. Like you still, you, you still, anything can happen on race day and, 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 in this experience for Chris, you were able to have an amazing run. And that means, that means that this can happen again, many, many times, many, many times. So yeah. if the mind is seeking some sort of evidence, it has a little bit of evidence. Now it's got a little bit of, a little bit of proof, which it always loves, right? The mind loves to know, <laughs> it loves to know. Yeah. And I think, and, and part of it, some, some of that success I think was, is I really, in the past, I would say my nutrition my discipline at nutrition, I always have a plan, but my discipline at sticking to that plan um, wasn't always the best, right? If I didn't feel good, it's like, well, I'm not going to take this gel because I just don't feel like, you know, I, I don't feel good. But I f just kept forcing it down, kept feeding it, you know, take a gel, drink a water, take a gel, drink a water every 25 minutes. And I think that, you know, I, on the bike, I just kept trying to be, it's funny, Jess, before we started, you talked about your watch and using multi-sport and being present and conquering that. And that got me thinking, you know, as you said, that is, I've got to conquer nutrition. 
I've got to be completely present. If I do anything right today, it is getting nutrition and drinking my entire bottle. There should be nothing left in my bottles when I get off the bike. I should have no gels left. I'm taking four with me. I better take all of them. And yeah, I I did it. And I, you 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 saying that kind of like prodded me to figure out what my mission was that day or what, you know, what what I was going to be present and focus on. Yeah, my I said that I'm like my the true sign of success for today is going to be me nailing the triathlon option on my Coros watch. Because so many times I've like been biking and it's like in T1 and you know, and all it took was just slow down, watch a 2-minute YouTube video and be present on the day and and uh like you nailed your mission, I totally nailed my mission. Totally nailed my mission. Um but like Beach was saying about you having this strong run, which to me also says like, you're probably more bike fit than you have been in the past. Um, then you nailed your nutrition, but like memory can, can serve us in so many ways. And because you've trained the mind, like you can take that memory of running strong on the bike. And why can't that be your new normal? Absolutely. Like, and, and your words, I run strong off the bike. Like if we start telling a different story, like, oh, well, I, most of the time I don't, but this one time I did, right. it's like, no, you run strong off the bike. That's what you do. Yeah. Boom. And I think Boom. consistency, I think over the last two years, I've, I've, I've tried to show and, and put on, you know, this, I'm doing well, I'm being consistent, but ultimately I, I wasn't. But this year coming back off of a break, um, getting started in February, um, I think, you know, just really listening to what you guys say, right? You know, and following um, the advice and the coaching and, and the consistency, you know, all of that paid, wa- paid off 16 weeks later. I mean, 20 pounds lighter, you know, everything. <laughs> yeah, I was 206 last year when I did that race, and I was, you know, 196 or so probably. You know, I know I was definitely under 197. Yeah, everything everything comes into play. Everything factors in, and 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 just you know, building on what Jess was saying, like pay attention to what you're doing, and 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 it means every every step along the way. And yeah, there's going to be moments you don't pay attention, and you go into auto, you know, automatic mode. But for most often, if you begin to pay attention, and it's something you really want, you'll find a way. You'll find a way, and it will happen. Uh, again, you got to put yourself in that uh, in that opportunity, though. So yeah, that was that was uh, such a great win. And, and talking about the bike, yeah, maybe your bike wasn't you know you don't see a tremendous increase in time on the bike, but are you more bike fit, which allows you to run to your potential? I think this is the biggest thing that we all get caught up in is racing for that bike split and then suffering on the run and then and then beating ourselves up that we don't run well. But are we are we bike fit? So are we biking to our potential? right? Not mm-hmm. trying to reach above and get in the game of cat and mouse and chasing people, mm-hmm. letting them go, racing your race, but then on the run, owning, owning the experience, owning your fitness, owning that, those seven, seven fifteens that you get, you do in training. Yeah. I think that's a big, big element to uh, success on race day. Um, it's a triathlon and you build in, in my, uh, coach's opinion is you build throughout the day. You build on the swim, you build to the bike, and then you finish strong on the run. Like it's a momentum thing that you carry with you. And uh, I, I and I only got to that way because I was completely opposite. Like, and what I was seeing was the complete opposite. Like you just try and live through the swim, you crush the bike, and then you suffer on the run. 
So I think there's, there's something to be said for finishing, finishing strong. What you look confused. Yeah. Cause why would you do that to yourself? Like what? Be- because you are confident in your bike. So you, you believe that you're, you, you might as well bank some time on the bike because you're going to suffer on the run. And the way I look at that is like, if you're confident on your bike, okay, good. Put that in your confident file and now go take your, <laughs> your, go get the run file where you're not confident and start working on that. And Easier how do you work on that? I know, I know. Yeah. Just, uh, we're so, we're so silly as humans. There's a belief out there that the run's going to suck anyway. So you might as well go as hard as you can and bank the time on the bike. doesn't need to be yeah, that I way. Would- yeah. I would question that. Mindset. I mean, all the, <laughs> all the work we did on power and really focusing on power zones, uh, you know, uh, previous to my new bike, right? You know, I've got power and all of these things. You know, speed was always on my mind. I've got to hold 21 miles per hour. I want to hold 21, right? And, and regardless of what power is, I've got to, you know, I'm focused on that. And this time around, we did so much work on power where I should be all of the, all the training. And, I just ignored all of that, right? And if, if, if my power was too high and I couldn't shift down and maintain that power, then I just I wasn't focused on speed. I was really focused on just holding that power the entire time. And, uh, you know, it, it spikes, obviously. There's climbs, there's surges, there's things like that, whatever you're doing. But I really, really focused on kind of holding um, that kind of 200 mark, which is what I was focused on. And, yeah. And... Go figure, you hit 21.5 miles an hour. So, <laughs> so I, I think, you know, and it's just a number, right? Power's a number, heart rate's a number, uh, speed is a number. And, and, you, and you play in that game. And I think, yeah, we, we shifted to, to watts in a specific, you know, range. But it also was, I think I had you go out and just ride for, mm-hmm. for feel sometimes. Like feel that, what you're doing on the trainer. Go carry it out to, to your ride outside. And I think that relationship really just builds confidence in the athlete to know there is no wrong or right. It's just in, again, come back to the moment. Am I giving my best? Am I, am I turning the pedals over as much as like, am I fueling, you know, am I fueling um, every 15, 20 minutes? So yeah, super, super important. Daniel, Yes. Anything? Uh, <laughs> yes. The run. You are coming out hot on that run. What? What was the? That, that was the f- best feeling I had on that entire run. <laughs> so, I had mixed emotions for sure on that run. Um, yeah, and, and Chris ticked me off really quick. <laughs> <laughs> like within the first Uh-oh. half mile, he was like, Phew. he was gone. Well, I told um, Chris to catch up to you and stay with you. I didn't tell him uh, to pass. No, well, I came up and I was like, are we going to do this? And uh, <laughs> I thought that was going to light you up. but <laughs> yeah. I knew already I was kind of going at a quicker pace than I should be <laughs> um, or what I felt I could sustain for the 13 miles. So um, I just kind of like cruised at that pace for a couple miles. Um and just, yeah, but like I said, mixed emotions about the entire run, even though it was a fantastic run. And same as Chris, it's like, I mean, I think I ran a minute per mile faster than last year's run. So it was a great run for me. Um, and I've always struggled to get under an eight-minute pace during a race as well. Where it's like in training, yeah, it's there, it's there, it's there. I feel great. It's like easy in training. And then you get to the, even though I might feel okay 
in the race, for some reason, the pace doesn't match the effort in the race. <laughs> so, um, and that same pro female passed me. And that was like, not the, she was stomping, but not the stomping, but the, the, the effort that you could feel coming from her was the feeling I wanted in that race. And that's why I had mixed emotions. Cause it's like, it was like the last two miles of St. George for me. It was like that feeling was the same as that female that passed me. And that was the feeling I was going for in this race. And I just couldn't get there. I just didn't have that gear this time. So that's where the mixed emotions came from. And it was a great race overall, great run, great bike, um, great swim. So I'm, I'm totally thrilled with it, but my, there was something about mile 10 because that's where I kind of hit the wall too. And my pace like <laughs> completely dropped. Yeah. I was looking at the, the splits and I, I keep questioning and I just let it go. But it, the, if you look at the splits, there's that third one. It was way faster than everything else. And I even looked at Justin Metzler's, right? He, it said he was running like 430s or something. And I'm just like, I don't think that one's right because it said I ran 608s. And I'm just like, I don't know if that one was right. I think there was something wrong with it because when I got done, I'm like, there's no way I ran a 608 mile in that whole thing. But um, uh, there was something hard because I even compared it to the, the split the second time around and I thought it would be faster than the rest and I couldn't correlate it at all. And maybe it was just because I was actually slower on the second time around. But um, there was definitely coming out, it was getting hotter and you hit that stretch to the porta potties, right? Where you know you're gonna go home at that point. You don't have to make the just second lap. You're not going on a third yeah. lap, right? And it was just hard. That was a very hard area. You that know, road really was exposed. hard last year. That that road was. If it's the same road I'm thinking of, weren't we on that road last year too? And that yeah. road was just difficult last year too for some reason. But yeah. Is it a slight pitch? Is that why? Is it a uh, slight false flat or is it just the, uh, the energy that's there? I feel like it's an energy thing. I don't know. It didn't feel, uh, it didn't feel windy. It felt hot. It felt um, very isolated at that point. I felt like there wasn't anybody around, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, uh, I don't know. And, and I was starting to hurt. Right. And, and it felt very long because I knew when I got to the 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 turn, which you know, there's these porta potties there. So I was looking for those. I knew when I got there, there'd be extra energy, right? It's like you're you're on the way home. This is the last mile back. Um, but that mile to get there was terrible. It was it was really it was really hard. But I went in. You know, I think I really went in telling myself because after every race, uh, you know, you question: Could I have suffered more? Could I could I have held? through the pain, right? And uh, this race, I really focused on um, thinking about that a lot, what that feels like and what it's going to feel like um, so that when it was there, I could kind of talk myself out of wanting to quit that, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, really, I don't know what it will, you embrace the suffering, you're not going to give into it, you're going to, you know, you're going to push through it. And um, yeah, I felt like I was actually successful at it this time. Daniel, you too. You had something on the on on your foot outside of your. Yeah, and we'll get to, we'll get to Jess's foot in a minute, but uh, you were working through that. I think. I mean, I think I bruised the ball on my foot with the run 
from swim exit to transition. There's like after you do the the boat ramp and then you do a little twirly up to the top, there is a slight little decline to get into transition. And like I said, I think that was the fastest I've ever run into transition before. Normally I'm trying not to spike my heart rate and get the lactic acid, you know, in, in my legs, but I was just like ready to go. And so I was running, but that cement, I think I just like bruised my, by the last like it was rough. feet, I was like, oh no, that hurts really bad. And I got on the bike and I could feel it on the bike, like with every pedal stroke. I was like, uh, and I've had something similar years back during a full Ironman um, and it just bothered the entire time so in the back of my mind i was like i hope this doesn't bother me on the run and but sure enough it was like yeah it was like a searing pain every single step like i was stepping on coal or something like a hot coal um so there was that factor as well um and i think that took away from like me being able to get into the right mindset and like because i really I really didn't like lock 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 onto like a mantra this time. Like usually, I'm able to like lock onto a mantra and like just like just just get into the zone and distract the mind and just go. But this time, I struggled with that. I could not like for some reason. I don't know if it was like every step that just searing pain like brought me out. <laughs> it was just like um, I ignored it as best I could, and I just kept you know running my pace. And I was like, just hold on for you know, the next six miles, five miles, three miles, whatever. And it was just, you know, yeah. So there's that. Um, and the second loop was definitely a, more of a struggle. There was parts of the first loop where I was able to surge and I was like, okay, this is a good section to surge. In the second loop, I wasn't able to, like, I just didn't have like my hips just did not want to move. Like my mind wanted to move and my energy wanted to move, but my hips didn't want to move for some reason. So, yeah. Um, so there was that. And then you asked about nutrition before. Um, I definitely did not nail nutrition on the run like I normally do. For sure, I nailed it on the bike. Um, when we first ran out that first mile, I did take in some nutrition and then um, I had a buffet in my pocket. So it was there. I just didn't reach for it for some reason. <laughs> and I really wanted to like get through aid stations as fast as possible. I ran through every single aid station and just grabbed Coke and just one sip of Coke, dumped water on my head and ran. And that's all I fueled with. So... And it was like, Coke was like hard to find. Like they didn't, they weren't like, <laughs> they were like hiding it. It's like Coke, Coke, Coke. And it's like, nobody's paying attention. You find It was like, like the one, one table where nobody, nobody was stationed near. it. Yeah. Like they were obsessed with water. And I was like, you need yeah. to get obsessed with Coke for yeah. sure. <laughs> so norm, normally I feel with the Coke and then I take in either gels or blocks, whatever. But, and I had them in my pocket, but I just did not want to like, slow down for some reason to like reach back in my pocket so i think part of that at mile 10 was the nutrition because i definitely started feeling a little lightheaded and i was like okay i need like some calories so at that point i i grabbed a pack and i took in four blocks and normally you know i'll wait 45 minutes to an hour to take another four blocks but 
I think I got 10 minutes down the, the road and I was like, okay, I'm going to just finish this whole <laughs> sleeve off. And I took the, the rest of the blocks. Um, so within the next 10 minutes. Um, so I think that was partially, you know, and then the heat was starting to build at that point. So just the lightheadedness and all that combined. Um, I just don't think I took in enough calories for sure at that effort that I was putting out. Yeah. And that makes sense. I, I think as you, as you move forward, I mean, you're already at three and a half, four hours, um, of training and, you know, you're asking your body to do a lot. That's, you know, when we're really trying to temper that, put calories in, but you don't want to cramp, you don't want to upset the stomach, but you need to keep surging. You need to keep pushing, but you, you know, you, you don't want to overfill and feel that sloshy gut. So I think there's that fine balance of, of massaging that relationship with what you need in calories and what fuels to take in but also it sounds like you were holding out strong for the cola like to me it's like well they're gonna have cola they're gonna have cola um and that's a great fuel source you can do it you know i think i've shared i've done it many times but it's got to be available and you gotta you got to get a lot of it in um and so and, and everything is different every race is different every every run is 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 a is a has a different challenge i definitely didn't focus on cooling myself like i normally do in a race like i always put ice in my hat and i didn't do it this race so that could have been a little bit because my head felt hot even though my core body like i was dumping water on my head but that would you know dissipate and the fabric in the kit as long as it was wet was keeping my core body temp cool but my head was like hot so that could have been some of it too yeah, I think hot's a definitely a, a heat, you know, the, the sun beating down and the heat, just the pure, sure heat out there. And it was going to heat up the next day can definitely, play, I mean, most certainly plays a factor in, in how your body reacts and regulates itself. Yeah, but that last mile seemed like the longest mile ever. <laughs> I was like, so, I mean, I'm so accustomed now to like finishing strong and like, just like, you know, like you hit that last two miles and it's like, all right, this is your moment. Like just pick up the pace and you just go. But this time I just did not have that extra gear. Like I said, in that last mile, I was like, come on, take it out and just go. So it's like, I felt the effort increase, but I still never got to where I wanted to be. Like that feeling I had the last two miles at St. George was just like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever gone down a red carpet, like in agony like my face felt like it was in agony my body was felt like it was flailing um i told bj this guy that looked like he was in my age group i went by him and then he kind of just kept kind of hanging on and i felt like he was going to pass me like right at the end so i was just like determined there's no way you're going to pass me but i i think i came across it like i finished line pictures there's i look terrible my body's you know the video of me i'm like flailing as i come across the line it was just like Oh my, thank God there was not another mile. Because if it was another mile, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's what it takes. That's what it takes. Yeah. Um, Jess? Yes. Run. Run. Fill me in. Um, I too believe that I bruised <laughs> the ball of my right foot on that concrete. Uh, and I was 
came out of the swim and I was running and I was, and I'm thinking to myself, cause I've been doing a, a lot of work with my posture and mobility and, and getting my hips situated, uh, letting my feet relax when I run. I've been doing a lot of work around this and I've had some pretty extreme foot pain in both of my feet now, uh, for a while and it's really dissipated. And so when I came out of the swim and I was running, I was like, this is amazing. Like my feet feel so good. And then I hit that the rougher concrete. And I was like, oh, this feels a little rough. Like, okay, it's it's all right. It's okay. And then, so what I did was I had my left foot in the grass and my right foot still on the concrete. And it was just like, it was like you're running on hard, hot, sharp coals. And then uh, could feel it like when I came in, got on the bike and I could feel pressure in that shoe. I wouldn't say it was pain, but my feet were kind of numb. Like I didn't really have much of a feeling in my feet for the whole ride. So I came in, got off the bike. Um, I had taken my shoe, you know, un- got out of my shoes while I was still on the bike and dismounted the bike. And as soon as that foot hit the ground, I was like, whoa, whoa, what is that? That's new. Like, that's not w- the pain that I am uh, have had in the past. And so got out on the run, but my feet were still pretty numb. And I was like, all right, we've kind of felt like I had a rolling pin, like underneath the ball of my right foot. And I was like, all right, it'll, it'll dissipate. I'll get the blood back into my feet. But once I got feeling back into my feet, um, it was, man, it was like a 15 on a scale of one to 10. It was like, like making me nauseous, uh, the pain. So it was wonderful because I got this, I got this opportunity to just witness it, to just witness the body, to witness the, like I was saying to myself, what meaning are you giving this? What, what meaning are you giving this pain? What is this? You know, it's, electrons, protons, and neutrons. That's all it is. It's atoms. It's, it's energy. Like, and so the meaning that you're giving it is what's making you suffer. And so I would bring my awareness up to the center of my forehead, right above my eyebrows. And, um, and I, I would be there and I would just work on these cues that I've been working with, um, with Lawrence Van Lingen, like relax your chest, like get, like shift forward with your hips and then your feet will be relaxed. And then I would notice that I wasn't really noticing the pain. And then boom, it was like getting hit by a Mack truck. It was just like the pain was there. And I, um, so when I look at my paces, super steady, um, ex- just really, really, really painful in the right foot. Um, it still is painful. I definitely bruised it. But nutrition was spot on. Um, totally agree with the whole Coke situation. I learned it at the first aid station I went through and they were like, water, ice. I was like, oh, ice, that's a good idea. So I put it down my my kit and it held really nice. I always put it down the front, but I put it down the back and that felt amazing. And um, and I was like, Coke, 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 you know, Coke, Coke, any Bueller, Coke, anyone? And so I was like, okay. So then I thought, all right, note to self, like when you're coming into the aid station, just start screaming Coke. And it was always the table that somebody had to like run over or whatever. And then on the second, um, so on the first lap, so you do these two loops in this park and it's so beautiful. It is getting hotter though. Like there's less shade than I had remembered when we were out there riding in the morning. And um, the first loop, like I just ran through every aid station, was taking the Coke um, at, on that aid station that I missed the Coke. I had a cola gel. So I took that. I was like, that'll do. And um, yeah, I felt amazing. Like from basically everything in my body felt incredible. Things that typically always are sore, my neck, hip flexors, fatigue, all of these things. I was, there was none of that. And I, 
I would say I absolutely attribute that to this nutrition that I was using, this right stuff um, that was developed by NASA. It's it's unbelievable. It's I think it was absolute game changer for racing. My body felt so good. And then I just had this like level 15 pain in my foot. That was, it was so, so hot and it hurt so bad. And so the second loop, I would uh, get to the aid station and I would at last chance trash. I had this kind of this mental thing, like last chance trash. Okay. Foot, this is your last chance to just relax. And before we hit it again, and I would give myself five breaths. I just stood by the trash can, closed my eyes, and gave myself the most patient five breaths, long exhales, and then I would just charge out of there. So although my paces look consistent, um, and and those those like you were saying, Chris, like the first mile, it's got me clocked like much slower. And then that third one, it's got me clocked much faster. So, but according to my watch, it was really, really uh, consistent. And so I was actually running faster on the second loop, but I was stopping at that last chance trash. Okay. Foot last chance, like let it go, relax. And it would give me exactly what I needed. Like it would take the pain down to about a seven, sometimes even lower, but then it would come back. Um, and then unlike you guys, like that those last three miles and that last mile felt so short and I was able to push the pace and, um, it, I just, it, I remembered it being longer and it was so short. I was like, Oh my God, I'm already here. And then you see the bridge. And I was like, my God, the bridge is the bridge shouldn't be coming this fast. And it's like, it just keeps coming so fast. So that was like a totally different experience that I've, I think I've ever had. Like the last mile never feels short. And this one felt so short. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm really, really, really happy with my run. I did have a, a goal to break two hours, which based on my training, um, I took five and a half weeks off from running after Mendocino in April, like five and a half weeks, and then started to build back into this and then doing all this work to kind of re, uh, posturize my body and everything. Um, and so breaking two hours, uh, would have been a, was a nice reach. And, and maybe if I didn't have the pain, I could have done it. Maybe not. I have no idea, but, um, super happy with the pace and the way that it went, but, um, uh, just really so impressed, uh, by how I felt. And I think that that was obviously mindset's huge. It's so big. My, my mindset was, my mantra was just joy. And I just kept, thinking joy, joy. So even like when I was in the level 15 pain, it was still joy because it's this opportunity to release and let go and detach. And, and those are tenants of my life to let go and surrender and detach. And so here I am, I get this opportunity to do it. And so to me, that is joy. Um, and then I would say the biggest test uh, I had read, so I just started using this stuff, the right stuff, and I had read like in their brochure about how it reduces, like it will reduce headaches. They've got all this science behind it. It's really crazy. Like it will increase your endurance by 20% over any other thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I mean, every race I've done for the last two decades, I have extreme headaches after the race, like up my neck, a lot of pain, like decreased mobility, and it's so hard to sleep because my head is just pounding all night long. I had nothing. 
So I'm looking forward to racing again. And, um, you know, it's, it's everything. It's mindset. It's my health. It's my mental nutrition. It's my physical nutrition, not just on race day, but every day. But I definitely think that this stuff gave me an edge I hadn't experienced before. Um, and so I mixed a packet of it in each of my bottles during the bike. And then I had a really concentrated gel flask, which I just shoved down my sports bra. And then um, I would take little hits of that, but no cramping, like muscle fatigue. It just wasn't there. So it'd be interesting to see like in another dimension what I could have done without that foot pain. But I think I'm very pleased. I'm very, very pleased. I, um, yeah, I feel really good. I was very present and um, the mind was just very calm. It was very calm. And uh, that's just over a decade of, of tuning myself to calmness. And so calmness is not like, it's not that I don't care. It's not that I'm lethargic. It's none of those things. In fact, calmness um, in the teachings that I've received is invincibility. And so as an athlete, I would think that um, that would be of particular interest to people that calmness is really is it's invincibility because you're just completely in control of uh, where you're going in that moment in your life and how you respond to it. Yeah. I think mindset, I think we all can agree the role it plays in the, in the elements of racing um, and well training and life and everything. But if we're, if we're talking about endurance sports and, and the athletes, you know, determination and will to be better and to, to display that on race day, it really comes down to how you manage, uh, manage your emotions and how you react to the circumstances and challenges that present themselves. And I think you all did an amazing job of that and you do it throughout training. You know, we do it through our daily life and that's where you practice it. You don't show up on race day and say, well, I'm going to be mindful on race day. I'm going to not worry about the guy who's keeps drafting off the person in front of me. I'm not going to worry about that. Um, it's practicing how you navigate things in your day when you stop at a traffic light and, or somebody cuts you off. That's how you begin to, to shift and change, um, who's running the show in these, in these experiences. You know how they give you that bracelet for your favorite volunteer? Yes. Yeah. Well, I just want to give my favorite volunteer story because I didn't have oh, my yeah. bracelet with them, but it was another situation. I was going out for the second loop. So that's the that's the place where it's like finish line, second loop, right? And you're like, oh, I've got to go the second loop. So I go through the aid station. I'm like, Coke, Coke, Coke. And I was like, okay, no Coke. I'm like, all right, no Coke this time. That's okay. Like I was, you know, kind of talking. And then I'm running. I don't know. I must have been like, uh, I don't know, two tenths, uh, close to like two tenths of a mile. And I could hear this kid screaming, but I wasn't paying too much attention. And then I just hear him saying, we've got Coke, <laughs> lady, lady, we have Coke. And I turn around, he's got two things of Coke that are splashing like all over his face. He must've been like 13 years old. I was like, dude, you're amazing. You're my favorite volunteer. And he gave me like, by then there was like two sips left in the cups, but he was just like, it was everything. He was like winning the race. That's awesome. Man, lady, we've got Coke. <laughs> That's so great. I love when the kids get involved. I mean, they, they go for broke. They're just like, this oh, is, yeah. this is, this means everything. This so kid was covered in Coke. It was amazing. He was so wonderful. Do you guys, do either of you have a special story or a moment from the day you want to share as we wrap this up? Nothing that comes to mind off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm sure there's many. Um, what about the high five I gave you, Danny? <laughs> when did you give me a high five? 
thought I did on the run. Maybe I didn't. Oh, because I had the dual cameras. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Chris's camera and my phone. Um, yeah, I shared with you, uh, BJ. Uh, there was a a woman. I need to look up finish times or pictures to see if I can figure out who she was. Um, but her and I came out of transition together, and. I paced her for quite a while. She was wearing a blue tri kit with like yellow flowers on it, and um, and she was running low sevens, right, seven, seven and five. And I was determined just to stick with her. And and at some point on the second loop or on the first on the back side of the first loop, uh, she was slowing down, and I came up and started talking to her. And uh, I'm like, "We got this. We're gonna we're gonna do these sevens the whole way." And she's and she's like, I, I don't know if I can keep it up. And I'm like, nope, we got it. We're just gonna keep willing them in. And um on the backside where I started hurting on the second loop, she went by me and she's like, Come on, what are you waiting for? And I just kept trailing her the whole way. And she she lost me, you know, kind of got out of sight a little bit as we went over the bridge and around the turn and stuff. But she was waiting for me when we crossed the line and it was it was not very long right it was probably 30 or 40 seconds but she was standing there waiting and uh just gave me a huge hug and uh you know we talked for a few seconds it was just like thank you you know we're thinking each other and it was was just one of those moments where we really helped each other um through and i felt it but crossing the line and seeing her waiting uh, she felt it too so it was it was it was uh, it was a special moment i shared it with you after right after the race bj that's awesome that same girl we were piggy but like I saw her constantly on the bike where like I'd pass and be in the front for a while and then she'd pass, she'd be in the front for a while. And for a while I thought she had dropped me, but then like at some point we came back together and we're like, so I saw her all over the course. And then I think she passed me on the run first before you did. And I said something to her. I'm like, man, great job. Go get it. And she's like, thank you. And then, yeah, you pass it. Yeah. That was, yeah. She was a great runner. Yeah. She was a great runner. Yeah. I love those bonds that are formed on race day with complete strangers. Like, just uh. well, it's just this beautiful. It's a beautiful experience. Has always been one of my favorite things about racing. It's just that this our separateness falls away, and we're just out there and we're supporting unconditionally. And you don't give a crap about her political uh, or her religious views or anything. Like you're just out there and you're just you're doing this thing and it's hard and you want to do your best and everybody knows it and everybody's in the same. And there's like this love that gets exchanged. That is just, that's one of the most addicting things for me. You know, like the kid with the Coke, like it's just, it's so beautiful. I'll probably never see him again, but that was amazing. I think that's the, I, I think that's the, well, for me, that's the element right there is like, you don't, Chris had a, you know, interaction with her daniel had an interaction with her and you know jess you had that experience with the volunteer and the coke but you don't need to collect their information their name you don't need to like stay in, it's like you're there for this brief moment of passing of assistance and support and we're all one and in this together and then we're on and then we move on and and take that into you know sharing a story on the podcast there's a um, lot of them that i mean every every time somebody passed me on the run i was like great job you know go get it and they the either comment or not comment, but there was a bunch of them that were like, Hey, great job on that bike. And it was like, Oh, like, like sometimes you don't recognize that you're in the kind of the same mix out on the bike. And then like you're on the run and you're in the same mix on the run. And then, you know, same thing afterwards, people were like, Hey, you did a great job on that bike or whatever. And it's like, well, so it's like all that camaraderie. It's just amazing. Yeah. 
And that's what we're, that's what we're in this for to bring everyone together and, and, um, know, know that we're not as separate as we think we are. We're all one. We're all working with the same things. I want to just address, uh, we had one question, um, from Bobby. He said, uh, I noticed that all of you have started, uh, that all of you started together in the shoot. How did that play into everyone's attitude and race strategy? So to wrap this up, you know, how did, um, how did that play into it? And I think you guys sort of touched upon it with the energy, but, uh, let's get your each perspective. Let's start with Jess. Yeah. I just felt like I was getting flashbacks to being growing up. I grew up like on a boat. My dad was a big fisherman. So we'd always be on the boat every weekend and just jumping off the boat with my brothers and sisters. And that's kind of what it felt like just jumping off the dock with my brothers and sisters and going out and having an adventure and an experience in the water. So I love, I loved it. Um, like I said, that's one of my favorite things is doing a race as a team. And I am just out of my like just jumping out of my shoes about Santa Cruz where we're going to have over 20 oh of our teammates. That's going to be so incredible. Um, and so we got a little bit of a taste of that and, um, you know, race strategy, like I've been, jo- I had been joking with Daniel as we trained together, uh, in the pool every Thursday that it was like, you know, you're going to be pulling me, I'm going to be on your feet and all that. So I went, there was a part of me that's like, where's Daniel? Where's Chris? I, I want to get on their feet. I want to get on their feet. I thought about but, that uh, too, after I jumped in and I got like, was headed towards that first buoy. I'm like, cause they rushed you out so fast. I was like, oh shoot, where's Jazz? <laughs> She's going to get on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so as far as race strategy like it was just it um it influenced the strategy i think just uh because my mindset was that much more joyful at the beginning of you know five hours and 45 minutes of racing because that's what it was it was five there was no soft pedaling like it was five hours and 45 minutes of racing for me for sure daniel um, I mean, that's, I mean, just kind of nailed it. I mean, it's just being in that energy around, you know, the teammates was great. You know, we had kind of like a fist bump right before we headed down that ramp and that was, you know, great. But, um, oh, yeah. as far as race strategy, um, you know, starting out with everybody really didn't change my strategy. Um, I mean, I was there to race my race. Um, and I was just there with my friends. So, Chris? Yeah, I think uh, it was it was very calming for me. Yeah, I think having you guys there uh, helped with the nerves. It, uh, you know, your energy all was very calm, but strong, confident, right? We, you know, it was fun. Um, but it just, it kind of helped calm my nerves a little bit because one of my goals, my one of the goals I had for this race um, was get through the swim without panicking. I've had a, a problem with after about 500 yards or meters, I'm suffocating. I can't catch my breath. I'm so um, panicked. And we did a lot of work on that. BJ had me do a lot of stuff when I would do open water swims and things like that. And um, I never felt that. Never felt the urge to need to slow down to, to catch my breath or, you know, I was, I was swimming hard. We were moving fast, but I was still swimming hard. And um, so I felt that really calm in the water. And I think being around you guys prior to that, uh, that was, uh, checked off one of my three, three goals. So. Yeah, I think, uh, in calm, we talk about this a lot in calm, there's power. So, um, continue to, to look around and see the energies of the people and, and, uh, environments 
that surround you and and make and take a temperature gauge. Are they are they are they do they feel good or do they not feel so good? And continue to do that and move continue to move towards the ones that do feel good that support you and and um yeah and like i know I said, it was kind of like a buffer zone we had like our group and it was kind of like a buffer zone from all that external like chatter and like energy we had our own energy going on yeah we totally did i i definitely was like had us surrounded like in a in a bubble of of light us and um yeah i mean otherwise it's like a history session oh well 2014 and when i did this the other day and they, and it's like oh my god why are we all talking about the past man just be here right now <laughs> it's it's no. like a like a historical seminar. It is, uh, and, and I experienced that as well in the um, in the line for the Portageon, which was a great time to do my pre race pranayama. Um, that's when I did it because uh, then I got to enjoy just uh, communing with these awesome studs on the way to the the swim, the pilgrimage that turned into like a race pace walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Awesome job, guys. Uh, just a little shout out, Chris. Like amazing um, to wrap up this 16-week um, focus for you and shift um, in in uh, in attention into what you really wanted, and um, and it was served up to you on one day where you collected you know a slot to 70.3 Worlds in St. George. So yes, you'll be joining Daniel and myself and a few others from the team. So amazing. But also you'll be going to Finland uh, in 2023 in uh, in August. So um, Daniel and I need to get our, our butts in gear to, to come join you for that one. And Jess. Oh, I'm going anyway. Even if I'm just going as Chris's roommate. I'm yeah, going. Heck yeah, you are. Yeah, that, that was incredible. I mean, I still, it's still not completely sunk in. Um, yeah, congratulations, Chris. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, job. it was funny on the drive back because I had these three goals, right? It was, um, and qualifying wasn't one of the goals, right? It was something I wanted, but I wanted to drop the weight. I wanted to get through the swim without a panic. I wanted to go sub five, and all of those happened, and the qualification happened. And I mean, I was chasing that. That was a goal, right? It was an ultimate goal, but it wasn't necessarily the goal of this race. Uh, and because I booked all these other races for the next year, I've got all these races stacked up, right? And uh, now all of a sudden, you know, on the drive back, it's like, well, what's my next goal, right? But, you know, I, I kind of took care of the whole year with, with this race. So it was, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. I've already been thinking about that for you, Chris. So we'll have a chat about what those experiences will uh, be like. I'm going to stand on that podium. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but congratulations to everybody on the team too, as well. Like it was great to see some yogis out there. Um, and, and next up Santa Cruz, uh, my, my goodness, this is going to be a big yogi pod out there. Um, taking I on, my room. Uh, I just booked my room like right before this. So yes. Oh, nice. I think we should just book our, our, we should just get a house in Finland and yeah. then just let the yes. universe organize those qualifications on our behalf. Yes. But let's let's put the sign out there. Right. Yeah, we're all in universe, <laughs> multiverse. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys, so much for your time. And I uh, appreciate your trust and belief in Yogi Triathlete. You guys are shining examples of what we are doing here. And, um, and we can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate both of you. <laughs> <laughs>